Blog Talk Radio. It's Cannon Baby coming with the heat. Got Indy Fire playing in my speakers. Nikita the host, girl in motion. All the way near, airway smoking. You can call in this phone lines open. Rockets are hot like we're cooking the road. Indy Fire the goat, don't ask who the competition is. Cause they're standing alone, popping. When you listen to here, you always get what you interviews. Artists, songwriters, authors, and entrepreneurs. Chopping it up with powerful icons who make her influence. Who keep it hotter, this is Indy Fire. Blazing on yourself, tune in and catch the heat. It don't even matter where you at. Entertainment, news, and daily inspiration for everyone. Yeah. Holy moly, this day Got Nakia in my people. Girl in motion, get on your feet. Indy fire, blazing, please. Keep it coming every week. We too strong, we defeat the weak. Cannon, baby, super speed. We keep it turning to the tea. It's too high. A fireman can't put it out because it's too high. Indy fire. For everyone, for everyone, yeah. What's good, guys? You tuned in to another episode of Indie Fire right here with your girl, Nakia. Yo, we made it through another Tuesday, the last Tuesday of September. Can you believe it? We're almost through September. And as I've been saying, since August, we're almost to December. Like I'm, I'm so excited. You guys have no idea. I'm, I'm so excited. We are still counting down the days until my daughter's graduation, and it just seems like every day as we get closer and closer to graduation, I, I don't know. It's just the excitement. We're still like at day 80. We're at day 80 now, but it just every day the excitement just it just gets. I don't know. It's, I don't know. I don't know. If you've ever had a child to graduate kindergarten, um, you know the excitement. You have that child. You watch them graduate middle school. And then you watch them graduate high school. You know what I'm saying? Then you watch them graduate college. You know, I haven't had a child to graduate college. You know, my oldest, he decided college wasn't his thing. He went into the military. My middle son, he had some setbacks, you know, and so he's still in college. Now, my daughter will will graduate early. This is a new experience as a parent, you know, seeing a child to graduate from college. So we're all excited, you know, and I have a college graduate and my last will graduate from high school this year. So we have all these countdowns that are going on. And as, you know, me, I've graduated from college several times. But as a parent, you know, so again, these countdowns around here are, you know, we're just, we're just on it. But every day that you get to wake up, and um, as I said yesterday while, while on air, we, we, we experience death in the family. And so each day that you get to wake up and um, be in the land of the living and get to 
um, just experience a new day is a blessing in itself. But when you have something to look forward to, when you can anticipate something, when you can have a countdown, you know what I'm saying? When you have a vision board and you can mark off things on that board, when you have a bucket list and you can check off things on that list, you know, um, that's something to really get excited about. And when you have anticipation, it can make your day run by a little smoother. Like today, guys, like I told you yesterday, Monday for me, Monday's drag. It takes Monday's 20 hours to go by. Today kind of just flew by as well. Next thing you know, it's time for me to get off. And I was actually there an additional hour, which is I don't I don't be giving the people no additional time. And I was there an additional hour. You know what I'm saying? And so when you have something to to anticipate and to be excited about, it can just make your whole life, your whole day, everything about it just run a whole lot smoother. And today's quote was, allow your passion to become your purpose, and it will one day become your profession. And we always talk about around here how um, this, we love doing what we do around here because we are fueled by our passion. You know, when we hear that music play, that intro music play, no matter how our day has been, everybody around here is jumping with excitement. We're ready to get on air. I could do this all day long right here. Radio presentation, that's my thing. I could do this all day long because we're fueled by our passion and we know what our purpose is. So uh, indie artists, entrepreneurs, apply that quote, um, Gabriel Bernstein, to any aspect of your life. Allow your passion to become your purpose and it will one day become your profession. So as you know, I've seen a lot of graduates recently. Um, as, you know, you step into the workforce, future graduates in December, in May, you know, as you step into the workforce, remember what your purpose is. Remember what your passion, you know, why you went to school, why you were passionate about whatever that choice was that you made it in. Um, and as you uh, remain passionate about it and you realize that this is your purpose, then you get to that finish line um, and you obtain that degree and now you realize that, hey, boom, this is my profession. You know what I'm saying? You have so many of us that um, have gone back to school because maybe that first degree that you obtained, you know, my, my first degree was in political science. That's something that I wanted to do. You know, I wanted to become a lawyer and that, again, that's what I wanted to do, but my steps weren't ordered to become a lawyer because, again, that's what I wanted to do. But when you realize that the creator has something so much bigger that's in store for you and what your life is really destined to become and what your purpose really is, you know, then that's when you'll find your profession. So um, before I get off on a tangent, because you know how I am, um, I want to just say um, find your passion. Be, purpose, be purposeful about what it is that you're passionate about and, and always make sure that you're walking in that purpose. All right, guys. Um, super excited about my guest this evening. Before we talk to her, let me tell you who we have coming up Thursday, closing out the month. 
author G.A. Bourne is going to be here with us on Thursday. And then on Saturday, kind of a special show, um, just to give you a, um, not a syllabus, here I am talking about college, um, a, a calendar, the calendar for the month of October. Yes, the calendar for the month of October. And then coming to us in October, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, on the 3rd, we have artist Taboo will be with here, will be here with us. On the 4th, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Electro Horse. Uh, will be here with us. And then on Thursday the 6th at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, Artist Spotlight. Remember we discussed this briefly last night um, in the Artist Spotlight. Brand new, we're bringing it back here. Nigerian artist YNG Kizzy will be in the Artist Spotlight on the 6th. So might want to tune in on Saturday the 1st to see just who made the calendar for October, maybe your favorite artist, maybe your new favorite artist. You didn't even know. Uh, all artists, yes, all artists for the month. No, we do have an author. Yes, uh, Domestic Violence Awareness Month is uh, coming up in October. So we do have a special treat coming up in October um, surrounding domestic violence awareness as well as a photographer. Uh, yes. Yes, we talked about her briefly last night. Um, the movie, The Woman King. Yes, one of three photographers selected uh, for that movie will be uh, gracing us with her presence on the 20th of October. So I can't wait to talk to her. Uh, so if you can't make them all, please, 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 as we always say, do not miss them all. All right? My guest this evening is author and novelist. Latoya McCray. She's an author, born and raised in Cleveland, Ohio, but currently resides in Memphis, Tennessee. Now, how lucky are we to get two guests from Memphis, Tennessee, back to back <laughs> last night and again tonight? Memphis in the house, right? She's a nurse by day and a writer by night. When she is not saving lives, she enjoys writing novels and short stories. Writing has always been a passion of Latoya's, and she loves bringing her characters to life in her stories. Indie Fire listening audience, I present to you this evening my very, very special guest, author and novelist, Latoya Thank you. (laughs) You are so very welcome. Now, she said she is not saving lives. She is writing novels and stories. So before we even get into uh, her life as a author and novelist, let's talk really quickly about uh, your life as a nurse. I want to say thank you so much as we are not at the end of uh, the pandemic at all, but um, as we have gone through the pandemic, I want to say thank you uh, for, you know, your life and the the occupation that you are in as a nurse, as an LPN. Um, yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, I don't know what uh, role you play in where you are located um, but any of our 
uh, persons who have been in that position during this pandemic um, deserve all of our accolades um, because I know that it has been tough not only on you mentally, physically, emotionally, but your family as well. So thank you. Yes. Thank you. Um, let's talk about that decision very quickly. You know, you have to be a special type of individual to, you know, make that choice um, to go into that career field. You know, did you, as a little girl, say, you know, one day, I want to be a nurse. Um, I want to save lives. You know, when was it that you decided that um, that's what you wanted to do as an adult? You know what? Ever since I was a little girl, I've always had, like, the nurturing. I was always the nurturing type of person. Um, Mm -hmm. I just always wanted to help people. That was the type of person that I always was. Um, I always wanted to be a nurse. Um, I always that was always my passion, but I kind of let life get in the way and you know kind of put it on the back burner. And then one day I told myself that you know life is just going to continue to go on and I'm going to continue to not do the things that I want to do. So actually, I was in an RN program first, um, and then. Some things happened, that's kind of a long story, you know, like with my transcript, and they wanted me to sit out a semester. And so I knew a girl, and she was like, well, just apply to the LPN program, you know, because I know you don't want to sit out. And so I did, and I got accepted. I had to do testing and all of that. I got accepted into the program, and I finished. It was a year program. I finished, and now I am practicing as a nurse. Okay. All right. Do you specialize in any um, – are you in a hospital or in a doctor's office, or do you have any – I'm actually field in a specialized in? Or... Okay. Yeah, I, I love working with geriatric patients, so elderly patients. I love working with them. Um, I work with a lot of dementia patients, um, and I love working with them because they always – Whenever I'm having a bad day, they always do something to make me laugh. And so Mm. I just love being around them and, you know, taking care of them and nurturing them and, you know, just giving them love, you know, because we do have a lot of people in facilities, you know, who doesn't get to see their family members. Their family members does not come and visit them. And so I try to give them that love and try to show them, like, hey, I'm here for you. I care about you, you know. Because, unfortunately, you know, family members do drop them off in these places and you don't don't really see them that often. So, yeah. That right there alone takes a special type of individual. Um, One, geriatrics. Two, those who are going through dementia. That right there takes a special type of individual. Yes. You you know what I'm saying? I went through um, a grandparent that had dementia. Um, And you, the resilience that you have to have as a a family member, but Mm -hmm. then someone who is on the outside, you know, who is specially trained to deal with this um, you just got to be a special type of individual 
to go in every day and not deal with one. I only have to deal with my grandfather. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. you have patients that you have to yeah. look after. And as you mentioned, those who just say, you know, I can't deal with this. You know, I'm going to put mom pop over here and this is where they're going to be. They just leave them there. And I can't yeah. even imagine those who, when, you know, we had relatives who were in uh, assistant living facilities during COVID where, you know, you could not go see them or you had to see them through the windows and they could not comprehend yeah. that, you know, you're waving at them through the windows and they don't understand why you can't come into the facility and see them. Right. You're trying to through the windows and they don't understand and as they're slowly slipping away they don't understand why you can't come in and see them why you can't have physical contact with them you know and and you have to be that person to let them know you know explain to them what's going on and you know i gotta be a special type of person to to deal with that so i salute you i i commend you wow Wow. Thank you. It is definitely, you know, a challenge sometimes um, because, you know, dementia patients, you know, their brain can't process things, you know, how we process them. And so it's challenging when you have those patients, you know, who have like the sundowners and, you know, they have the outbursts and stuff. You definitely have to have patience because if I can be honest, it's like having a lot of toddlers at the same mm-hmm, time mm-hmm. because, you know, their yeah. brain goes back to, you you know, go, go back to that stage. And so, but I love it. And I love, you know, my patients, you know, when I go and take care of them, I try to give them the best care because at the end of the day, that is their home. And so I try to make them, you know, let them know, like, this is your home. You know, I, I give, you know, I don't tell them, you know, like, I let them know they, you know, they have choices because in a lot of like long-term care facilities, you know, patients don't feel like they have choices because, you know, you have some staff that'll come in and, you know, show them what they're going to do and stuff like that. But in the assistant living facility that I work at, I always try to make sure, you know, that I let my patients know that this is your home. I'm here to care for you and you are, you can make decisions, you know, as far as, you know, like when you want to go to bed or, you know, just simple stuff like that. Wow. Ooh, again, just a special type of individual. Again, I, I, I commend you. I don't think I could have the strength or, or resilience. Again, one one person, <laughs> that, that would be my limit. And, and, yeah, I'd have to clock out, you know. <laughs> I need one patient. Like one patient. Cause that's my patience, you know. I got my patience is right. low, so yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I, I do want to get on into, um, you know, your life as as an author, and um, let's, let's let's talk about that. When when did you first realize that you know you you wanted to be a writer? Ever since I was a little girl. So I was an actress. I worked for a community center uh, center called the Caramel House in Cleveland, Ohio. I started acting there as a young girl. Um, I was doing plays and, um, you know, different things like that. And I always loved to write. Um, Like, I have a big imagination. So whenever, like, I would have an idea for a story, I would always just write it down And I would always let my family read it. And they would always tell me, like, wow, you have a gift. Like, you you write really good stories. 
And so since I was a little girl, I've always done it all the way up until adulthood. Like I, I have books that I have written. I have short stories that I have written, you know, years ago um, that I haven't published. But now I know I would have to go back and, you know, read through them and maybe add stuff. But ever since I was a little girl, I love to write. It was just something that I love to do. I don't know how old you are, but really young. But I know when I was younger, um, my friends and I would take like a notebook and we would begin, one person would begin, we would pass the notebook on, the next person would just write. And then that person would pass the notebook on and then that person would write. And this is how we would write our short stories. And now this is pretty popular now. Um, Mm -hmm. Did you do anything like that when you were in middle school, high school? Yes. Um, And I'm actually 32. Um, I was born in 1990. So um, actually, yes, me and my middle school best friend, we actually used to do that. But we never used to write our stories down when we did it together. We would just say it to each other. It was weird. We would just get on the phone, and we would just, like, say our part. And then my friend would come in and say her part, and then I'll come back in and say my part. Like, we would just do it off the top of our heads. And that's where I started with free writing, because even when I wrote my book, um, Lost in Love, You Versus Them, I literally wrote it from the top of my head. I'm a free writer. So it's like... I would just write what would come to mind because I have a big imagination. So, yes, I definitely did that with one of my friends in middle school. And then in (laughs) high school, um, in high school, I actually had a friend. We actually entered into a competition. We wrote a story together. I'll never forget it was called Have You Ever? And um, we wrote a story about a guy who was in an abusive relationship with his wife, and we wanted to do it like the man's point of view because we always hear about the women being in abusive relationships. So we wanted to put a twist on it and have it where the male was in an abusive relationship. And, um, you know, and we wrote a story about that and we entered it into a competition. We didn't win, but we did. Our story did make the top of the list. It was in a different um, time frame or something like that, then we would have won, but they went with somebody else's um, story instead of ours. But I still, I think I want to go back and like kind of like tweak that story a little bit and maybe even like get with the girl that I did it with because I still communicate with her. And then maybe we can, you know, try to get that story out there too. Because that was actually a really good story. Our English teacher was like, this is really good. So interesting that you said uh, in a different time, were you too advanced for them, you think? I think it was too advanced for them. Um, I I don't know, like, because <laughs> when we got the letter, because they sent us a letter, we were just kind of like, okay, well, what time frame did they want? You know, maybe, I don't know, maybe because you hear more so about, you know, women being in abusive relationships. I'm not sure, like, you know, why they didn't choose our story or what they meant by time frame. But, you know, we were kind of sad, but 
you know, we were still happy that our story made, you know, like the top five on the list. So I don't know. Maybe it just wasn't. I don't know. (laughs) That would be, um, I would love to, just from, I'm a domestic violence advocate, so um, something that I um, speak on a lot is uh, the fact that so many men won't speak up for fear of other men looking and saying, you know, wait, you let that five foot three woman let your woman put her hands on you, you're the man, you know, uh, for so many reasons, men will not speak up. Um, Right. But whether it's a mental issue, whether it's um, from an emotional standpoint, whether um, the man is the leader and I shouldn't speak up, whether I'm embarrassed, um, but statistically speaking, men will not speak up. Um, So, I don't say that I advocate more for the men. Somebody has to be a voice for them as well as women, as well as children. Um, Absolutely. Absolutely, I agree. That is something I would love to see, you know, um, in revisiting. Um, But you mentioned writing from the male perspective. Um, how easy is it or how difficult is it to write characters from the opposite sex perspective? You know what? Did you um, know in your this book? Huh? Did you do so in your latest book? Yes, I did. I actually wrote um, the, the female in the book. She's the female lead, but I did write – um, from the point of view of two other guys in the book. And I wouldn't say it was difficult because I have been, I have a lot of men in my family and all of them have like different personalities and I'm married, I have a husband. So it wasn't really hard for me to speak from a male's um, point of view because of I did it based off, you know, like things that I've saw or things that I've experienced, how they would respond to certain situations And so I used that as I was writing the story, as I was writing from the male perspective, I would think about, okay, how would he respond to this? Or, you know, when I created my male characters, you know, I created them, for example, the main character, one of the main characters, Jeremy, in my book, um, I wrote him. And when I wrote his character, I wanted his character to be a romantic character. individual he's basically like the side of my husband that he doesn't really show as much and so in my character I wanted to show more of what my husband doesn't show and me and him had this talk and I told him I said when I wrote you know the character Jeremy who was one of the main characters in my story I said I wrote him you know as you 
but he's more of a romantic. He's like more of the side that you don't really show. So I kind of based it my male characters off of people that I know and how they would respond like in different situations that happen in the story. Understood. Understood. I want to get into a little music uh, just to give you a moment to catch your breath. Uh, you may know okay. this artist. Not. We kind of like her around here. You let me know what you think. Um, and we'll be back in just a moment. This right here is I Want You. Yeah. Bye.
And my very special guest, author and novelist, Latoya McCray. And that right there was Dorothy, was I Want You. Let me tell you, this family is very talented. Now, we had Dorothy <laughs> on the show back. And tonight, we have a sister, Latoya McCray. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know you guys were going to play, but thank you. Thank you. I think you heard me mention that, and that's why that was queued up to play. Now, writers often are encouraged to write about um, what they know. Um, how have your real-life experiences impacted the stories that you write about? Um, well, this, this story in particular in my book um, was basically just off the dome, my imagination, but certain scenarios as far as um like the friends in the story I kind of based it off of me and my cousins because we are really close with each other and so I wanted my characters in the story the friends to be close like me and my cousins were and so I kind of transformed that into my book with the relationships of the people in the book um because I come from a very close-knit family uh, we are super duper close. My cousins, we grew up like sisters. And so I wanted to kind of put that in the story and so that the readers can get a feel for that. Now, I know that um, this book that we're kind of sort of talking about is volume one of a four-part volume. And you sat down and began to write this story did you know how it was going and did you know that it was going to be um part one of a four part volume yes so when i came up so i originally had this story idea for two years um i had this idea for a long time and so I knew that I wanted to not put everything in the first book. Um, the first book, you guys are left off with the cliffhanger because obviously I want you guys to get the second book. So I definitely uh, knew that it was going to be a four-volume uh, love story, but I didn't know how the story was going to end. Um, I kept going back and forth about different ideas of how I wanted it to end, I would get a notebook and I would write, you know, like different things down of how I wanted the story to end. And then when I finally decided, I was like, okay, this is going to make readers like gasp and be like, oh my God, we're going to have to get the second volume. And I want to do that with the second volume, the third volume. And then of course the fourth volume will be the last one. So I'm working on the volume two now, but definitely knew that it was going to be four volumes to this story. How do you stay disciplined and, and not get distracted? Like my mind, I, I, I've given myself a diagnosis. Like I swear I have adult ADHD. <laughs> my mind always on 20,000. I always want to accomplish 30,000 things in a day. My mind is always racing, is always, you know, wanting to do things. So you already know that this is going to be a four volume book. How do you already you know how do you this and 
you know, all right, right now I need to focus on what's going to go in volume two. I don't need to worry about volume four right now. You know, I need to put what Jeremy's actions are going to be in volume four. How are you just disciplined for book two you know, right now? You know what? It was not easy. Um because I have three small children, I have a two-year-old, I have a five-year-old, and I have a six-year-old. So <laughs> that alone, <laughs> that alone was very hard for me. But my husband, he's very supportive in everything that I do. Even when I was in nursing school, um, my kids were young, and he was very supportive. He was my backbone, and he helped me. Um, and it's kind of the same with the uh, book. I would have to sit up, okay, because I. I would sometimes jump ahead and I was like, okay, I need to focus on this right now. I need to focus on volume one right now and get this finished because I know that if I get distracted, I'm not going to get it done. And that was kind of how it was when I was in nursing school. Like I put it off for so many years and then I finally, you know, I would always start stuff and never finish it. And I'm just now in the mindset of I'm going to do what I say I'm going to do. And I did that with nursing school and also with my book. It took me two months just to write the first volume because I am a free writer, like I said, and even going through editing, you know, I sent it to a professional editor and everything that still didn't take a long time, but staying focused was definitely hard, but I just kept telling myself that you got to finish this book. You got people waiting, you got people, you know, writing you like, when is the book going to come out? And so that is what kind of kept me disciplined because I knew that I had people anticipating my book. So with those people who were anticipating the release of this book, once they got a hold of this book and they read this book and they began to give you their honest opinion and you start to read these book reviews, um, now I know all reviews are not going to be good reviews. What happens when you get a bad review? How do you deal with bad reviews? Um, You know what? If you, if I get a bad review, you know, I just have to accept the fact that, you know, it just wasn't their type of story. It just wasn't, you know, something that kept their interest because I'm a reader myself. I love to read books. And so if I read a book and it just wasn't that interesting to me or, you know, it just didn't keep my attention, then I'll give my honest opinion, you know, and say, you know, it was okay or, you know, it wasn't, you know, what I expected. So if I do get a bad review, I'll, I can take uh, constructive criticism, um, so I would just have to accept it and respect their opinion. But I know that there's going to be a lot of good reviews because this story is just it's so good. Um, and so I know that there will be some bad ones, but I'm, I'm in a, you know, state of mind now where it's like maybe if I was younger, then I'd be like, they just hating, you know, like, but now it's just like, <laughs> <laughs> I just have to, you know, I just respect their opinion and just keep, you know, moving forward. It's not going to make me get discouraged or, you know, I'm still going to be working on volume two and I'm going to get volume two out and then volume three and then volume four. I'm still going to do what I said I was going to do regardless of, you know, the bad reviews. Hey, now, what's good? It's your girl, Jana Blackwell, C-Town Records, Mistress of Soul. And you're on the air with the hottest independent station, Indie Fire, 
with your host, Nakia, giving you that heat right here on the station, bringing you all of the hottest hip-hop hits in Fire. If you're just tuning in, you're live right here on Indie Fire with your girl, Nakia, and my very special guest, author and novelist, Latoya McCray. If you want to call in and speak to our guest this evening, that number is 929-477-1320. So let's talk about this new book. Now, I know some of you all are anticipating the book and its release on September 30th, but I got some news for you. I'm going to let Latoya give you that news. Lost in Love yes. versus Dip 1. You can get it where? It, when? You can get it on Amazon today. You can get the paperback version today on Amazon. Um, you can just simply put in my name, Latoya McCray, L-A-T-O-Y-I-A, McCray, M-C-C-R-A-Y, or you can just put in the name of the book, Lost in Love, You versus Them, Volume 1, and it'll pop up. Um, but unfortunately, the Kindle version and the versions that will be at Barnes & Noble will not be available until September 30th. But you can get the paperback today on Amazon. You heard it here first, guys. <laughs> Lost in Love. You versus them, Volume 1, is available on Amazon today. You know how we love giving out new stuff, new information here on Indie Fire. Let's talk about the book. What is Lost in Love, You versus Them, Volume 1, all about? Now, don't tell them all okay. of it. Okay. <laughs> okay, I'm not going to tell all of it, but it's <laughs> It is a story about a girl who marries her high school sweetheart. Um, He was literally her first everything, and um, he later becomes this famous rapper. And so the book is showing the transition from their lives of being ordinary people, living ordinary lives, to living this fast life, and things begin to change. Layla has to deal with a lot of things, you know, betrayal, um, you know, loss of friendships, um, you know, just dealing with a lot of things within her marriage. Um, Things definitely takes a turn. And Layla is basically trying to keep her family afloat. But, you know, there's only so much a person can take. And so, it's just basically the first volume is just basically showing like the transition and, you know, how they handle things and how things go in the marriage and how things go in the industry. And so it's definitely a big change for her. Um, It's definitely, you know, a lot of things that she didn't expect, but, you know, she's ride or die. So that's basically what it's about. So who who in the industry do we know? Who do Who's I know this? in the industry? <laughs> I'm trying to think. Like, cause I I went the wrong direction. I went I went I went sports for a minute. I went LeBron James, but I thought, no, wait a minute. Will he do? He rap a little bit, right? Don't he rap? He think he can rap. I, I'm not sure, um, so, but I did, I did get to meet LeBron James one time when I was younger. Um, he came to my uncle's church because he's really good friends with my cousins. He used to play ball with them and stuff. But, 
but um, it's I don't know anybody personally in the industry. Um, it's just based off, you know, things that I see, you know, different stories that I hear in the industry that kind of, like, motivated me and kind of was my okay. inspiration to write. And also, I would listen to music. Like, I would listen to um, – when I was writing, I would listen to songs. Like, I'm a big J. Cole fan. Um, yes. So, like my <laughs> he's, like, my favorite rapper. Like, I absolutely love him. And so – I wanted my character to kind of be like that kind of rapper. So when I was writing about Jeremy in the book, I kind of wanted him to be like, you know, this humble, laid back, you know, type of rapper. And then like the different instances and stories that happen in the story, it was just kind of based off, you know, my imagination also, you know, based off what I've seen in the industry, you know, just, just off social media and stuff like that. So you, you, but you, oh, you named him Jeremy and not Jermaine. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I named him Jeremy. Um, I just always liked the name Jeremy. I said if I had a son, I would name him Jeremy. I just always liked that name. Like the names just came off the top of my head. The girl's name is Layla. I don't know where I got Layla from. (laughs) I just was like, okay, I want her name to be Layla. And so, you know. Also, you know, there's another character in the story. Her name is Alexis. Her nickname is Lexi. Um, I used my cousin's name, Summer, because she's like my favorite cousin and we're really close. And I used her name in the story. So, you know, most of the, the characters' names were just like off the top of my head. And then some of them were like inspiration of people that I know personally. Um, it's not them, but I just, you know, use the name because mm-hmm. I like the name or, you know, the relationship that I have with the person. Now, I know that this is, and the listening audience may not know, but this is your first published book, but you have, mm-hmm. and you did mention previously, you have other books and short stories that you've written. Um, do you try to be more original with what you write or do you um, deliver to readers what they want. So what I'm saying is, have you had people to read, you know, what you've written in the past, and they say, oh, I think you should write about this right here. So you go back and you say, that's a good idea. Let me go write about this. You know, or do you, you know, are you original with what you write about? Honestly, I'm very original with what I write. Um, my book, Lost in Love, I did have a few close people read it. Um, and, you know, they would just give me, you know, their opinions on, you know, maybe I should add this or I should add that. But I'll never change, you know, my idea because it's mine and, you know, it's important and unique to me, you know. So I'll never, you know, change my story, you know, but I will take into consideration, you know, like if they say maybe you should add this or maybe you should take this out you know, to make it sound better or to make it sound more realistic. I'll do that. But as far as changing my story line or, you know, my ideal of the story, no. I'm very original with everything that I write. Like I told you, I write off the dome. Um, I have a very big imagination. And so when I'm writing my stories, I'm putting myself in the character's place. So, like, if I'm writing a scene where Layla is in the room, I'm putting myself in that room so that, when I write the story, the readers feel like they're there. That's the kind of experience that I want my readers to have. 
what's one thing in your writing that you have done that you thought you would have never done? I would say actually published a, the book. <laughs> I never would have <laughs> thought that I would have published a book. And I'm so, like, proud of myself because, like I told you before, I always start things and never finish them. I have so many stories. I have plays that I've written that I haven't done anything with. And so me publishing my very first book is a big accomplishment. You know, I don't care how anybody else sees it. If they feel like it's not a big deal, it's a big deal to me because I know that I have always procrastinated when it comes to my stories. And for me, actually, this story – um, lost in love you versus them actually I was I was supposed to be writing it with someone else um, I had gave them the idea and everything and they was like okay well just give me a deadline and I'll you know get my part out and they never did and so see if I would have waited then my book probably would have never came out and something just told Ooh. me see, you know what just 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 keep going just keep writing like don't wait on that person and i and i'm glad that i did because they never came through i never heard back from that person and so i'm glad you know i guess that was god showing me like no this is this is what i want you to do this is this is for you and so i did it i did the editing i i did everything by myself and so i'm i'm very proud of myself if nobody else is proud of me i know that i'm proud of myself Well, I'm very proud of you also because um, when you have people that tell you, and I don't even know you, um, even though I know you, you know what I'm saying? Um, Mm -hmm. But I think that um, when you have people that tell you, you have books within you, and all you have to do is bring forth what is within you. You have people that see something within you that you don't even see in yourself. But, and I'm I'm talking about myself right now, but I hear you say the same thing about yourself. And you procrastinate and you, you sleep on your gifts. Mm-hmm. But, yes, now you say that, you know, being a published author, you know what I'm saying, is something that you've done that you never would have thought you would have, you know, accomplished in your writing career. I've had authors on the show who are number one Amazon best-selling authors. They've won awards after awards after awards, you know, and an humble, honest answer, like being a post author. I mean, they you need lengthy answers. You know what I'm saying? But being a published author, that's nothing. No one has ever responded with. Um, and just to be able to say, I know that I'm a procrastinator. I know that. I have books that are within me. I know that people tell me that I'm a, you know, amazing writer. I know that what I'm capable of doing. I know that I always start something, but I never finish it. You know what I'm saying? I did the same thing with my right. nursing career, but look at me now. 
You know, I know that once I set my mind to do something, I'm going to get it done now because I did so with my nursing career. You know, somebody needs to hear this. Um, so she, and I won't even ask my question that I normally ask, what piece of advice would you offer, you know, to an aspiring author? Because she's giving you guys, giving you um, so many gems in, in her testimony tonight, um, just in her telling you about her career as a nurse, you know, being a procrastinator and just finally saying um, enough is enough. Like, I want this for myself. I can yes. do it, you know. Um, and so she's done the same thing with her career as an author. Now a published author, make sure you go to Amazon, type in that title, yes. and get that book, all right, Barnes & Nobles on the 30th, get that book, all right. But um, when you self-identify and know um, that, you know, you sometimes we are our own uh, worst enemy, um, but we can yes. We can hold ourselves accountable and be knowledgeable and know um, that we have this within ourselves. Uh, all we got to do is step out of our own way sometimes. You know, we step out of our own ways and realize that people see things within us. Uh, we step out of our own ways and, and, and go for what we know that we want to and what we know that we want to do. Um, so any of you all who have that vision, like Latoya has uh, and wants to become an author, stop procrastinating. I'm going to say what I feel like she wants to say. Stop procrastinating and go ahead and get it yes. done. Yes. I, yes. Um, Just do it. What's the last thing, Toya, what's the last thing that you, that you learned? As far as uh, in the process of writing my book? In general, what's the last thing that you learned? Okay, so based off my experience um, so far with my whole book, I would say the the last thing that I learned is that not everybody is going to support you, mm. but you still have to keep going and you still have to jump out on faith and you still have to do what you love, what you love regardless of you know, the people around you who really claim that they rock with you, but they really don't show that support that you want them to show. So I would have to say, you know, definitely that it has shown me that not everybody is going to be supportive of you, but still go out there and do what, do what you want to do and, you know, stop, procrastinating and you know the only thing that comes to a sleeper is a dream so you got to go out there and you got to chase what you want and so that's what I had to tell myself you know to just go out there and do it regardless of the support that you have from people okay and what's the last thing that you taught someone um the last thing that I taught someone, I would have to say, <laughs> um, speak up for yourself. Um, I had to tell someone that um, you have to speak up for yourself. You have to have a voice um, because if you don't speak up, then that gives people the opportunity to be able to walk over you. 
and to be able to continue to do things to you and say things to you, um, you know, that you don't like, and they only do what you allow. So I always tell people around me, um, because I do have a podcast that will be starting this Thursday. It's called How We Live In Podcast, and uh, we'll be streaming um, Amazon Music, iTunes, Spotify. We'll be streaming on all platforms. And my main, our main um, message is speak to speak, you know, speak up and speak up for yourself, regardless of what it is in a relationship, in the workplace, in friendships, in families, whatever, you know, just always have a voice and don't allow people to, you know, belittle you or to step over you, to always speak up for yourself. All right. Now I want you to take the last thing that you learned, which I'm going to summarize that, that not everyone supports you, stop procrastinating, and that only, um, I forgot your quote. Um, oh, um, the only thing that comes only to a sleeper is a dream. All right, so the last thing that you learned and the last thing that you taught someone, speaking up for yourself. Um, thing that you learned and the last thing you taught someone, combine those two together. And that aspiring artist that is listening right now, or that aspiring author that is listening right now, um, let them know what they need to do. Okay, so basically, um, you know, regardless of who's supporting you or who's rocking with you, uh, live your dream. Don't be a procrastinator like I, I was. Um, if you really want to do something, you got to go for it because, like I said, the only thing that comes to a, a sleeper is a dream. And so do what you have to do to live out that dream. And then, you know, in the process, if you have to speak up for yourself and you have to stand up for yourself, do so. Have that voice and, you know, do it. Just do it. Don't procrastinate. Just do it. And I promise you, you know, once you get finished and you have everything out there, you're going to be so proud of yourself and you're going to say, wow, like I did it. I, I'm a published author. And if nobody is proud of me, I'm proud of me. Now, I know that how you're making a difference in the world, in your eyes, so to speak, profession. How do you want to make a difference in the world as a published author? Um, I want to make a difference as a published author um, because, one, I'm an African-American uh, author, and I just, you know, hear, you know, how they already, you know, treat us and, and, you know, make us feel, you know, like we're beneath the earth and everything like that. But I want to inspire people and, you know, let them know that you can do whatever you put your mind to. And when people are reading my stories, I want to be able to, you know, feel like they're, they, they are in the, the actual story. Like I want to inspire them in that way. And, you know, when they're in the actual story, I'm giving them, you know, a message in different ways and hopefully, you know, the messages, like even in my 
my book, uh, You Versus Them, um, there's a message behind the book, and maybe it can touch someone. It may be somebody that's going through that. Maybe they may not be a famous rapper, but maybe they're going through the same thing that Layla and Jeremy is going through in their relationship, and, you know, maybe they can relate to it, and it can help them, you know, with whatever they're going through. So whatever books I put out or whatever stories or plays or whatever, I want my audience to take a message away from it and, you know, to be able to relate to whatever the story is. Awesome. Well, you guys heard it here first. Lost in Love, You Versus This, now available on Amazon, available Barnes & Noble on September the 30th volume one volume two coming up soon latoya mccray i'm going to go ahead and give you the opportunity to go ahead and get all of your contact information out for those who may be listening live for those who may come back to to one of the many 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 playback shows on how they can get in contact with you if they're interested in collaborating on a book if they're interested in i don't know book signings if they're interested in having you on their show for whatever reason that they want to get in contact with you, the floor is now yours to get all of that contact information out. Okay, so um, my Facebook is Toya McCray, T-O-Y-I-A. Last name is McCray, um, M-C-C-R-A-Y. Please feel free to DM me on there. Um, also, if you want to reach out to me on Instagram, um, I do have where you can reach out through my podcast, and it is how dot we living l i v i n. Um, that's our Instagram. If you want to reach out to me through there, um, I'm on there way more than my personal page. You can reach out to me on there, and then also our Twitter is how underscore we living the same. L-I-V-I-N, and that is our Twitter. If you guys want to reach out to me or if you have any questions or you want to do any collabs or, you know, reach out to me. I'm open to it. I love to write, and if that is something that you want to do, just feel free to reach out to me. I will definitely uh, check my messages periodically like I do anyway, and, yeah. So hopefully you guys go get my book. I'm so excited. You know, this is my first book, and I hope that you guys go and get my book. Once again, it's available on Amazon today if you want the paperback, Barnes & Noble, on Friday the 30th. All right, guys, you heard it. You heard it. Lost in Love, You versus Them, Volume 1, available on Amazon now. Barnes & Noble's on August, August, uh, September 30th. <laughs> Don't wait for August, guys, all right? September 30th. I thank you so much for joining me here this evening, Toya. Once you are on the show, you become a part of the family. I believe you're already welcome into the group as well. Um, you're welcome back here at any time. We expect to get Volume 2. We'll make sure to get Volume yeah. 1. Yes. <laughs> uh, we'll have you back when Volume 2 comes out, as well as 3 and 4. Guys, make sure that you're back here on Thursday, 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and then on Saturday. Just a quick recap Standard Time as well. Until then, you all have a nice night. Entertainment news and daily inspiration for everyone.